Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, we will delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Now, we're going to continue our important discussion about words, and a lot about speech is found and housed within the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs or a proverb is a short, concise sentence that conveys moral truth. Like the book of Psalms, God has given us a book of Proverbs compiled mostly from Solomon with a few other contributing authors. The word proverb comes from the Hebrew word meaning to rule or to govern. These proverbs provide us with profound advice on managing our daily lives and interactions in all relationships that we encounter. The topics are far-reaching and include navigating the world as a youth, how discipline is applicable to life, family life, self-control, resisting temptation, business matters, the power of speech, knowing God, marriage, seeking truth, wealth, and of course, the main theme is true wisdom. The book of Proverbs teaches people how to live godly moral lives through the use of repetition of wise thoughts. Poems, parables, questions, and couplets are all used as expressions of this wisdom. A three-part blueprint exists for Proverbs. Part one looks at wisdom for our young people. Solomon provided fatherly advice. Although this advice was geared toward the young, it proves to be applicable for all believers, especially those starting out on their journey with God. Part two explores wisdom for all people. Our age, societal position, or sex doesn't matter. Wisdom for practical everyday life is given. And part three is specific wisdom for leaders or our future leaders, and these proverbs dealt with the king. Now, five mega themes are present throughout the book. They are wisdom, relationships, speech, work, and success. I'm going to unpack each theme now with an explanation of why it continues to be relevant even today. First, starting off with the overarching theme of wisdom. What is it and what is it not? Humans have a desire to learn and to understand. This sets us apart from the animal kingdom. We analyze, theorize, conceptualize, discuss, and debate all things from science through to the supernatural. We attend universities where learned professors teach and educate us about our world and about life. So getting back to wisdom then, what is it? Wisdom is taking the facts and applying them to our lives. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 provides the facts for love is the greatest of all. We're instructed love is more important than all the gifts exercised within the church body. 
Regardless of great faith, acts of self-sacrifice, and miracle-working power, without love, these gifts are of little effect. This means love is the catalyst to make our actions and gifts useful. So wisdom is applying facts about love to our daily lives. God's desire is for his people to be wise. This life affords us with two choices on the shelf, follow God or follow self. Following self is the foolish path. The fool is wicked, self-serving, and stubborn, one who ignores or even has contempt toward God. The other path is the wise person who seeks to know the heart of God and truly loves their creator. So let's ask this question, is wisdom still relevant today? The person who makes the right and best choice always chooses wisdom. We gain wisdom by asking God for it, according to the book of James that says God gives wisdom liberally to those who ask for it. We acquire more wisdom from the word of God. This wisdom enables us to live right, have right relationships, and recognize we are the righteousness of God through his son, Christ Jesus. Secondly, relationships. The book of Proverbs is packed with advice on how to be in right relationship with friends, family members, and coworkers. Every relationship requires love, kindness, respect, dedication, and high moral standards. So then do we still need wisdom to navigate relationships? I'd argue yes. Relating to people by worldly standards is tricky, but when we apply the word of God, our relationships thrive instead of suffer demise. God instructs us to use tact and consistency coupled with discipline to enjoy a variety of relationships. Thirdly, speech. Our real heart attitude is expressed in our speech. An example is found in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Our hearts house our feelings of love and desire. Our hearts dictate how we live as we find time for what we desire. We're to guard our hearts so our desires align with wisdom, keeping us on the right paths. We need guardrails in place to keep us from going after all our eyes see. In the book of 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, He says, stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love the world, you show that you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only the lust for physical pleasure, the lust for everything we see, and pride in our possessions. These are not from the Father. They are from this evil world. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life all lead to a downfall. So instead, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 teaches us how to be wise by looking forward, fixating on our goal, and not being detoured into sin. How we talk to ourselves and others is evidence of how wise we've become. So then a question becomes, is speech still relevant today? And speech is arguably even more important today. When we seek to be understood, many factors are calculated. For example, cultural barriers, 
customs, tonality, self-control and communicating, integrity, honesty, repetition, and the number of times the listener has heard what's being expressed or said. Or is this the first time the listener's hearing the information? How can we say it so that it's remembered? Our words, therefore, need to be well chosen. And the fourth mega theme is work. What does Proverbs have to do with work? Ultimately, it is God who controls the final outcome of all that we do. Now, we must do our part and be diligent in our actions and accountable. We're to carry out our work with discipline, not being lazy. God has the final say. He evaluates how we live and work. So we need to work honorably and purposefully. We need to fight battle fatigue and resist becoming satisfied and complacent. Learning new skill sets is something to strive for up until the day we transition from earth to our heavenly home. Once we learn these skills, it's through the appreciation of them that God will see us as wise. And the fifth and final mega theme is success. God's view of success differs from a fallen world's view. In God's eyes, his children are successful when they have a good reputation, moral character, and spiritual devotion to follow and obey him. And sometimes it's not always possible for us to guard those areas when we are being mischaracterized and attacked from the evil fallen angel army. So contrast that with the way the world where money, fame, and power are desirable yet fleeting and certainly not transferable to the afterlife. When we have successful relationships with God, we'll enjoy the return on investment accrued into eternity. All else is eaten up by moths or destroyed. It's all perishable. Knowing our time on earth, our resources all linked back to God should encourage us to use them wisely. Now, the Bible lists 12 significant people who were considered wise. These leaders included Joseph, who prepared for a major famine and helped to rule Egypt. Moses led Israel out of Egypt after learning all the Egyptian wisdom. Then he would learn God's lessons on wisdom. Joshua had a mentor in Moses. Joshua learned by careful observation and study of Moses. He would go on to lead the people into the promised land. David had big failures, but he had a bigger God whom he revered and kept first place in his life. Solomon was given great wisdom from God because he placed the people's needs ahead of his own upon accepting the kingship. Although he knew what was wise to do, he often failed to place his own wisdom into action. Stephen organized the food distribution for the Grecian widows and preached the gospel to the Jews. Bezalel was a wise artist who designed and supervised the construction of the tabernacle where the people worshipped God. Abigail was a wise wife. In the face of meanness, she remained faithful to God. Daniel was considered wise for seeking God to help solve complex earthly problems. His counsel was sought by four pagan kings and among his God-fearing friends. The astrologers of the day are listed as wise learners. They received special knowledge of God's earthly visit and made a decision to personally act upon this information by checking it out themselves. 
Paul was a wise messenger. He articulated the message of Christ everywhere he went, even inside the walls of prison, chained to guards 24-7. I would be remiss if I left Christ off of this list. He was a wise youth, wise savior, and had the wisdom of God. Those that are last will be first, according to scripture. Not only did he live a life of perfection, never sinning, and always in connection with the Father's will, he died on the cross to save those that believed and made God's plan of eternal life a reality. Friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And make sure you get into a Bible-based church community where you can surround yourselves with other believers. And let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you have ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And as you go out into the world, remember the priestly blessing from Aaron. It comes out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. And stay tuned this Wednesday. I've got my grandson coming on as a special guest. But tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that they grew up with and that you've grown up with. And we'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love and action looks like in many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. Until next time, blessings. Blessings.